we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. This is the Be More You season. And as this new year has kicked into play, I always think there's that whole kind of flurry of what am I going to give up? What am I going to take up? But for us here at Northern Power Women HQ, we're all about wanting to encourage you to be you, you know, to be the best version of you. So being more you is about you being your authentic self. So that's what we're all about this year in 2023. So welcome to the Be More You season. And we are looking forward to an, an ever growing and an ever busy season and have got a fantastic runway of events ahead. And we've got a brilliant program for International Women's Day that comes up, which is gosh, not long away now. Please do get in touch and please do stay up to date with everything that we're doing on our all-encompassing award-winning power platform, wearepower.net. You can find all the information there. You can see our shortlists, which were announced a few weeks ago, which was amazing. You can see all of our events and you can see what else is coming ahead with our power-up sessions as well. So please do um, check it out or get in touch with us if you want to partner with International Women's Day. So as part of this season, as you know, I've been talking to, continue to talk to some phenomenal human and some phenomenal role models who've all got brilliant stories. And, and this week is no different. Um, I have got, I'm talking with the wonderful Archie Kaliana. Archie is the diversity producer for BBC Sport Cricket, 26 years of international production experience and has directed films for UEFA, Red Bull and the Olympic Broadcasting Series. Archie has also had a 54-part international series commissioned at CBBC, working as associate creative producer on President Obama's state banquet in India. I am well gel on that. And produced and done, directed a landmark three-part series for the BBC called One Billion to one, the great Indian cricket cream, which is currently on BBC iPlayer. We will put the link in the show notes so you don't miss out. Um, and also Archie was, of course, on last year's 2022 Powerlist. Archie, welcome, welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. We've known each other for a long time. I think 10 years since you were, you produced and directed our very first TEDx Whitehall Women in my pre-Northern Power Women days. Wow, Simone. I mean, I, I just feel like my whole life has just flashed before my eyes listening to your fantastic intro. And yes, 10 years. I, I, we've got a 10 year anniversary to celebrate, haven't we? Clearly. So next time I see you, um, we'll have to have a glass of something sparkly and, and reminisce, you know, about, about all, all those years ago, what we were trying to do. And, and look how far you've come, Simone. I mean, honestly, what, what you're doing with Northern Power, Northern Power Women Awards is just, it's remarkable. And I'm, I'm so proud. I'm so, I'm so glad we're in touch. And what you're doing, honestly, is making your change in the landscape for women like me and, and across all industries. So well done, you. And let's get, let's get that celebration drinking soon. 
Thank you for sneakily turning the tables there, Archie. I see what you did there. That doesn't normally happen. So, but thank you. Oh, it's so telly, darling. That's what we do. It's all about the shrews. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Well, you have obviously a hugely impressive career. You know, that was just a fraction of your the bio uh, that I've read out at the start, you know, producing, broadcasting, podcasting, charity work. And I, I see it, you know, everything time and time again comes back to the wonderful game of cricket. And, you know, what does cricket mean to you? Well, it's like living and breathing for me, quite frankly. Um, if you are of Asian, Indian, Pakistani heritage, then, you know, it's, it's pretty much in your DNA. You grow up, you know, watching the game. You, you see people playing it, you know, every time India used to play, you know, it'd be on in my house. You know, I knew all the players. I knew their names, their strike rates. I knew everything about them, basically. Um, so it's always very much been there and very much part of my life. Cricket and Bollywood my two main interests, um, Simone. And uh, I always joke with people, the one thing I always say when, when I was growing up, I had two ambitions in life. One was to be a Bollywood actress and the other one was to play football for England. I didn't get to do any of those, so cricket was the next option. Um, and it's just, it's it's remarkable. It's, it, the game has the power to change lives and is such an integral part of, of people's lives in India and here in the UK as well. What's not to love about it? Ironically, I've never played the game. I've had a bit of a knock about it, but, you know, I've never trained, but, you know, nothing like that at all because I was from a football family. But um, it means everything to me, honestly. It's just my son, he's seven years old and he plays at our local cricket club. And um, I'm sure, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, to you or not, but my dream is that he could essentially play for England one day and India. You know, and, and and then we'll get him the IPL contract, and then my job is done. I'll be like the Kardashian's mum, you know, the momager. I'm all set. So he's he's now training, and he does little match reports. And when the hundred is on, he'll stand in front of the telly and copy, um, you know, certain shots that certain. And he's got his favourite cricketers and that sort of thing as well. I'm teaching him Hindi and Punjabi at the moment, so I'm, I'm gearing him up, and I'll be devastated if he wants to do anything else. Quite frankly, and traditionally, it's like, son, you're going to be a doctor or a cricketer. That's it. And that's what I've grown up with, quite frankly. It's it's like I said, it's like living and breathing. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. And I think it's that you talk about role modelling and, you know, you've talked about how massively deep rooted the game of cricket is in the South Asian community. But how can we get more women playing cricket? We've talked about cricket on this podcast before with Rena Sowler. Um, we were talking about grassroots, I think about a year ago, you know. Um, but, you know, because there's a recent report that white British cricketers from private schools, 34% times more likely than young Asians to reach elite levels. So how can we change both more women playing the game and and, and the social mobility factor as well? Yeah, it's, it's a big problem um, in our in our sport, to be completely honest. Um, but there's loads of, you know, projects out there Um I know the ECB have got a number of, you know, projects running, for example, um, to get women into cricket. They have something called They See Dream Big Women. And um, that's a, a fantastic initiative. It's, it's, it's about showing them role models. I think if girls from my community can see women picking up a bat and ball, they will then also do the same. The parents need a little bit of convincing that it's safe for them to go to their local cricket club and do a training session because there'll be a female coach there who'll have that empathy, who'll have that you know, familiarity also from the same community. So that's changing. And the three three years I've been in cricket, certainly with BBC Sport, I've seen that change already. I've seen more girls come into the game. And I think once you take away that pressure, that competitive edge, it's, you know, play for fun, play socially. It's in our families. We've grown up watching our brothers, our cousins, our dads, our uncles play. 
So we know the game really well. We know who all the players are. We know exactly what happened, you know, who took the wicket in that game. So we, we've got that knowledge, but it's just having that confidence. And I think, you know, these programs, they crop up time and time again. And I, I think it, it, there's, a, there's a massive sea of change coming right now. And from a broadcasting point of view, you know, we've we've got now more female commentators, for example. Isha Guha is obviously one of our main presenters for our cricket coverage, who's fantastic. She's the first British Indian woman to play cricket for England. And Naomi Dutani, she plays in the 100, um, very good friend of mine. And, you know, she's, you know, we, we need women like that to show that you can play at that professional level. We want to see uh, South Asian coaches and then women like me and the broadcasting side, you know, making the films, making the programmes and podcasts and, and what have you as well. So I think it's a very exciting time. And I, I'm hoping those statistics will change, but it will take time. And I think it's just it's getting the confidence of the community. Um, and I think as, as broadcasters, we're certainly responsible in terms of attracting that audience, retaining that audience and making sure what we do is totally relevant to them. I think, you know, it's a, it's a bit, it feels like a big mountain to climb, but I've seen a change already and I feel quite positive about it, to be completely honest. And change, we talk about change and we're, we're big fans here of talking about progress, not perfection. Um, and I know, you know, we talked we talked to the, you know, before the record today about some amazing women that we've we've met over the years, you know, connected with the the the, the business of sport. Shelley Alexander, Ruth Shaw, some fantastic humans who have been, you know, that ran that you ran the whole world. We've obviously seen in the last year the the success of the lionesses, um, the success. I love watching the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. It's always a favourite highlight of my year. And you know, since oh, it is, it's always a, a few days before Christmas. And, and for me, I know that's the end of the year. I worked on it for about eight years on the unsung hero category, and having been to the ceremony, you know, quite a few times as well. And you sit there in the audience, and you know whether I've made a film for them or, or what have you. And just like you, I just sit there going wow and then when those lionesses came up on stage oh I don't know how you felt I had a little tear in my eye I was like yeah. And the young gymnast, you know, who won gold. I was there. I was there on that day because it was here in Liverpool. But, you know, we talk about, the, you know, you look at this, the rise of the, you know, uh, women in sport. Um, however, when statistics around exercise and women are, are released, they're always very low. And, um, you know, women tend not to prioritise activity, especially as we get older. Although I'm, shame, I'm saying that at the moment, I'm trying to nail my, my Peloton achievements <laughs> every day. Um, I'm battling menopause all at the same time, but let's not get in into that. But, well, that's a different podcast altogether, isn't it? <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole different one. But has ex exercise always been part of who you are? Do you know what? It hasn't, actually. Um, at school, you know, I went to a state comprehensive inner city Birmingham. We played rounders and netball. That was basically our two main sports for girls. And, um, you know, just you, you just get on with it. And it's only later. I think when I was at college and university, I, I, I was really interested in football. So um, I remember, I think I was um, an assistant producer at the time. I went to West Ham football club to do a film um it was actually for the bbc and uh, somebody came up to me at the end and they said um you're, you're quite good i was like thanks yeah in your head you know i'm just like i wanted to play for england and they said you fancy doing a, a coaching badge Said, absolutely not I've got no time for this I said no no come on actually what we'd like you to do um we're in the Tower Hamlets area you can see you know the city from here that those kids come from the Tower Hamlets area to do their PE lesson here at our training ground and if they see if the girls see somebody like you playing football and you, if you're their coach they're more likely to 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 turn up to take part 
And if we can try and convince their parents that there's one of yours, somebody from your community playing here, you know, just this is so many years. This is going back, what, 15, 16, maybe 20 years ago. I'm really showing my age now. But, you know, I, that was a real turning point for me. I was playing football recreationally at the time. And then I did my um, coaching badge. And then I just got really, really busy with my TV career, basically, and, you know, sort of being away for long periods of time on location and what have you. Um, and then the fitness side of things, I mean, I'd always been a bit of a gym goer anyway, and, and super vain, as you know, Simone, I'm, I'm the vainest person you'll ever, ever meet. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, as you get older, you kind of start taking a bit of, bit more of an interest in your health in general. And now I'm in my late 40s, just a couple of couple of years away from 50 and I'm sort of thinking well weight training is actually it's something I started in lockdown and uh, a, a personal trainer friend of mine he gave me some weights I've got a body bar and a whole load of, of weights in my spare room and I started to do that and actually prior to that I was doing body pump um, at the gym and I thought that was the fastest way to change your body shape. And all of a sudden you, you get this definition and you feel great and you feel really powerful as well. It's a really bizarre feeling. And that's it. I'm totally hooked. That's what I really, really love doing. And I know that at this age, actually, rather than doing cardio, the weight training side of it will actually benefit me more in terms of bone density and, um, you know, sort of potentially future health problems. It's interesting you mentioned that, you know, I, I, I flick back to menopause because I feel like that is part of my broken record now. But, you know, actually the doctor mentioned that to me. I, I do exercise, make a point, and mentally makes me feel better anyway every morning, you know, and he was like, you need to try more weight. So I'm doing that at the moment. I, I mean, it's really light, but, you know, but I suppose it starts somewhere. But, you know, what advice would you give? Um, I'm doing it at home on the boat with a, an app, but um, if you were to, you know, Often you go into that gym, gym area or the weights area in the gym and it is full of bulky, bulky men and women. Beefy blokes. <laughs> yeah. How, how, do you, how, do you, how do you get out of get out of that, whether it be imposter syndrome or comfort zone or whatever, you know, how, how do you get past that? I think it's a, a real personal thing. I think, you know, as you said, you started at home, um, you know, with your app, you've got to build up your own, you know, confidence level when it comes to that. And as you start lifting heavier, you'll then progress from that tiny little corner in the gym where no one can see you um, doing your squats and, and lifting as, as little as you can and trying to make some difference. Once you then start lifting heavier, just gradually your confidence will grow and hopefully you'll end up in the, in the big, big beefy blokes area. You know, my dream is that should be the, the, the beefy girls area. I think this, it, it's really down to, to, I, 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 there's no hard and fast rule for that. It really is a, a personal thing. And I think once you get confidence, once you can say, see the change in your body shape, once you see that definition, once you start getting those compliments and your clothes start to fit better, or in my case, I rip a lot of clothes. I'm like the Hulk. I, like, I always hear that little, and it's like, oh, damn, I ripped another jacket. And the sorry blouses, forget it. We They're just retired. I just wear backless and halter neck numbers now, which look quite sassy quite honestly and at my age as well um but yeah once you start seeing those little levels of, of progress and your energy level you look better your face changes you know that bloatiness goes and your stomach starts to get flatter then you can start going into that area then you can start lifting heavier and join the big boys club quite frankly and, you know, for me personally, I mean, I just put my headphones on, you know, Bollywood music at full blast and 
and all the tracks that the teenagers are listening to. I, I found the youth department, my, the nieces and nephews, do you know this track? And a lot of the time they don't know. And they're like, oh, we didn't know that. That was a little win. Um, and you just, uh, hey, you're down with the kids. Well, I hope. <laughs> I wish. Um, you've just got to zone out and really, and I think one of the things we need to get over is wear what you're comfortable in. Um, you know, you, you'll always see women who will wear the tiny little crop tops and those really waist cinching leggings and tiny shorts and lashes and all that's all fine. I'm very supportive. I'm I'm edging to that area anyway. And that's that's what I feel comfortable doing. But I remember at the beginning wearing, you know, a big loose baggy t-shirt and not taking my hoodie off and that kind of thing as well. So it really is just don't care about what anyone else no one's watching. Be you. Be more you, Archie, is what we say. Be more you. Be more you. There you go. Um, you know, it's look in the mirror and and focus on yourself because that everyone's there for themselves. They are not checking you out. You do not have to be self-conscious. And if they are, then big deal. You know, we've all got to start somewhere. And I think for me personally, if I see another woman really lifting heavy and, and just looking amazing... I always give a little nod. I'll always give it a little, well done you, you know. And I think if we can support, if we can support each other like that. Um, I have had lots of people trying to mansplain me and it's like, I don't need a personal trainer, but thank you anyway. Um, that's always, yeah, that's always a, a little bit awkward. And it's like, I'm not taking my headphones off. I'm, I'm not taking my headphones out to, to listen to that. But um, you just build that up, I think, for yourself. Really. And, and coming back to this amazing career, you know, starting uh, a BBC Sport as diversity producer in cricket in 2019. You know, was there any point in your career, you know, you've got a really, uh, you, you know, confident woman, confident about yourself, confident about yourself in the gym, confident about yourself in the workplace. But did you ever feel that you weren't being heard? Did you ever feel that as a woman of colour that you were overlooked or not seen or many times uh Simona this is it's it's one thing I'm, I'm not shy to talk about as well I'm 47 now and what I'm doing in my career right now I should have been doing 10 years ago and that's a fact I am not having a whinge and a, a rant and all the rest of it that's an actual fact there's been so many opportunities where I've been up for jobs uh, particularly when I was freelance and then I find out that a white male director normally Eton educated, Oxford, Cambridge educated, has then got the, you know, the, the job that I wanted. And it hurts. But then what you have to do is be even better. And you've got to, you know, as cheesy as it may sound, think creatively, think outside of the box and just bring something different. Um, there, there was a there was a broadcast platform. I mean, I watch everything. And one of the, the main ones that's always on in my house, always going, switch it off, we're not watching this. Come on. And I thought, wow, you're one of the biggest broadcasters in the world. You've got massive budgets, way bigger than the BBC. Yet, actually, you don't speak to me as a British Asian. There's nothing on that menu. You know, it takes you an hour to like, work out what you want to watch. There's nothing there that speaks to me. So what I bring is something different as a woman of colour. I'm giving a, a different insight. And I think when you get those knockbacks, you can't lose sight of the fact that You've got a voice, you've got a platform, use it properly and be proud of your culture, your heritage. Be that critical friend to people who are unsure and nervous about what should be you know, happening out there. But yeah, many times, I mean, so one of the most popular stories I, I, I talk about, and a lot of people know this story, is when I got fired in my first job. I mean, you know, there's it doesn't... I, I, I thought, right, this is it. I'm interviewing Bollywood superstars. Wow, this, my career is going to be amazing. And then I get fired for being a bit too gobby for my own good and standing up for others. And I was told, I remember that gentleman, he said to me, you'll never work in telly. And I think that was, I'd love to know where he is right now. 
Get him on LinkedIn. That's what you want to do. <laughs> I don't know. It was an awful experience and I cried. I remember being on the undergrad, like with my, my box of things and going home and crying all the way home. That's happened to me twice in my career, actually. And um, yeah, that, that was unpleasant. Like I said, I've been overlooked many, many times. And even recently, I've been overlooked and, and undermined at all kinds of levels in my career. But, you know, you've just got to, you've got to have, have quite thick skin. And I think coming from an immigrant family I think that's built that resilience is built within us my parents came to this country with nothing and I'm so proud you know for what what they achieved and and all the opportunities they gave us and I had a lovely childhood I haven't got I'm hand in my heart I don't have a traumatic childhood it was the best days of my life where I was I was given the opportunity and told you're better than the boys do you know that and I remember my dad after a couple of drinks said you should have been a boy you know that (laughs) I remember after about three whiskeys or something you should have been born a boy I said that's why I've got a boy's name haven't I Archie and he said that's because no one can pronounce it in your workplace um you know it's just and I just think back to those days where I was told you are enough and I'm reading Michelle Obama's new book at the moment and she said some really profound things in that book that you walk into a room in a professional environment and you're a woman, you're a woman of colour. So already you're at a at disadvantage. I flip that around, Simon. I walk into a room now and I'm thinking, yes, I'm a woman. Get over it. Yes, I'm a woman of colour. You better get over it. Because you know what? What I do, I do with passion, with integrity. And I'm so proud of my culture and heritage. Look, you've, we haven't got the camera on now for others to see. But that India flag, my white British husband bought that for me many, many years ago. And it's been there in my office and if you want to be authentic and be yourself and be proud of your culture and who you represent that's why it's there like I said I've kind of flipped it around and I don't see it as a disadvantage anymore I'm bringing something unique and you better listen or else I'm proud to say the BBC have done that BBC Sports certainly by creating this diversity producer role um, it's that role has never ever existed and I wasn't given a job description so for me that's a very unique position to be in and I will never take it for granted and I will always be the voice for my community and, and for the, the audience that we serve and we thank you so much for it I wish you um, so so much many more adventures I wish you your next step into obviously Bollywood again you know the next up Bollywood actor you know I, I, I can feel it right now Archie thank you so much it's been an amazing to catch up with you and to to regroup after not seeing you for such an awful long time um, we love you being part of our powerless please keep being awesome thank you so much for joining me today oh thank you Simone I really appreciate everything you're doing and honestly if I can make a little bit of a difference there were there wasn't anyone who looked like me when I started in my career 26 years ago apart from Oprah Winfrey and maybe Maura Stewart newsreader they're the only two women I saw who looked a little bit like me but there was nobody else and I just hope I, I can be there and and make others from my community other women from my community feel proud and uh, you know we can we can be ourselves and be anything we want to be oh thank you so much Archie and thank you to all of you for listening today and joining in our wonderful Northern Power Women podcast please do join in on all the socials at North Power Women on Twitter at Northern Power Women and all the other ones and stay connected on everything what we're doing on our power platform we are power.net which is currently undergoing major development so do get involved Thank you so much. My name's Simone. You've been listening to a What Goes on Media production. Oh, yeah.